This podcast is generously supported by the Jesus Bible NIV edition. With exclusive articles from Louis Giglio, John Piper, and Randy Alcorn, the Jesus Bible lifts Jesus up as the lead story of the Bible. It is available as a full study Bible, as well as available as individual Bible journals. Find out more at www.thejesusbible.com. Want to learn how to interpret and teach the entire Bible in a way that is Christ-centered and clear? Learn with us here on the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast. Welcome to the Christ Centered and Clear podcast, where we have conversations about Christ and all the scripture for every church. And uh, we covered the uh, breakdown and kind of the summary of the Gideon story and some big questions around that, even some debate we had. And then uh, this this week, we're going to cover the Christ Centered connection. So, John, um, start us off with, yeah, how, how does Gideon point us forward to Christ? Well, there's a, there's a lot of ways. So one, I would say this too, we, years ago, um, and, and I hate to name drop, but I'll, well, you know, those who know him will find this funny. So one of our dad's friends, uh, James Merritt, pastors in the Atlanta area and, um, you know, former president, some of convention, a guy that I just love, love his preaching, uh, knew that, we, you know, I had an interest in Christ in the Old Testament. I guess he was preaching through Gideon's story. And so he texted me one time, John, where's Gideon and where's Jesus in the Gideon story? And my response was like, it's, you know, Christ-centered preaching is not like, where's Waldo? It's not like he's hiding behind the verses and you've got to kind of like figure out like the whole point of the, the judges, as we've talked about from the beginning is God raises up lowercase s saviors the way I, is the way I try to explain it, that he uses to rescue his people. I mean, that's just, that's, that is the commentary on the storyline, you know, that we get back and we, we talked about that in chapter two and chapter three. And so, um, so he, he is like the point of the story is Gideon's pointing us to Jesus, uh, and to what Jesus ultimately is going to do. Now he does it just like every single type in the old Testament, he does it as a shadow and he does it imperfectly. I mean, David obviously points us to Jesus. Son of David is the key messianic term. David was a train wreck. David was probably more of a train wreck than Gideon, uh, in, in some ways. Um, and so it's not to say that they're perfect. Or that they're flawless, but they are used by God to save His people. So, but just a couple of different things I would mention. One, the peace offering in um, in chapter six to reconcile Gideon to himself. I mean, this this obviously points us to Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross. The fellowship meal points us to the Lord's Supper, uh, and so that not only are we at peace with God, but we are are welcome to the table with God. Um, and not at odds with him, any, you know, anymore. And so that that's a key. Anytime you see sacrifice uh, and fellowship meals in the Old Testament, it's going to point you to Christ and what He's done for us. But then you see, I mean, again, this in the context of Judges, lowercase s Savior Gideon, who is empowered by the Holy Spirit. So he's, I mean, he's a anointed figure. And then the even the signs that that. Uh, I'm sure Peyton and, and uh, Jeff are going to, you know, be critical here, but I mean, he's, he's, he's laying out a lambskin at the end and then do like water from heaven is coming down on and filling 
up that lambskin. Well, dew and, and water coming down from heaven in the Old Testament is often a metaphor for the spirit coming down. And so I, I think what, what God's doing, strengthening again, as I said, not just Gideon's faith, but the uh, Israelites' faith, that this is, this is God's lamb who's filled with the spirit, who's about to rescue the people from the Midianites, uh, is what's happening uh, in, in Gideon's life. And then in chapter seven, again, you see that God, yes, God is the ultimate savior, but he does use Gideon uh, to, to defeat his enemies. Again, at coming like a thief in the night, defeating his enemies and, and bringing rest and freedom to Israel. And then you have the, the capturing of the heads, uh, both of the generals and then the, the heads of Midian, the kings uh, being defeated. Uh, and then I think you do have, as I said, I think he's a, he's a judge figure who judges those who do not side with God's anointed man. Uh, that I think there's a clear theme we see throughout scripture. And then at the end, you would see him as an anti, um, you know, anti figure with the way that he, um, disobeys the kingship laws and, and creates the ephod and he fails and, and with these multiplying wives and so forth that he's not the king, like there's no king in Israel in the days of the judges. Everybody does what's right in their own eyes. What Israel really needs is not just a savior. They need a king who can lead them to remain faithful to the Lord. And that's what we have in Jesus. So that, that's, that'd be how I would, I would work that out. Yes. Yes, definitely some overlap there. And then some slight differences I went uh, in some of the chapters and tying it to Christ because uh, probably that's slightly more negative outlook on, on Gideon. So whilst, yeah, Christ is in chapter six, uh, the angel of the Lord coming down and graciously uh, meeting the needs uh, of the weak and the frail Gideon. And after that, he is, after Gideon encounters the Lord, he is able to tear down idols. So you can see Christ there. But I think also, if you go with Gideon didn't fully trust God's words, well, then Jesus is in contrast to that because all these uh, judges are pointing to Christ, but they're in a flawed way. And Jesus is the, the perfect and the, the permanent one. And so I don't think uh, Gideon was fully trusting God's promises and his word. And he was putting the Lord to the test, whereas Jesus did not put the Lord to the test in the temptations. And then going on to chapter yeah, seven, we see God rescuing his people. It's all about God doing the rescuing. That points to Jesus. Chapter eight. I think where we see Gideon, in my mind, treating the other people not in the right way, we see in contrast God graciously serving uh, and coming down and meeting his people and Jesus doing the same. And then, which is exactly what uh, John said, then how Gideon ended was flawed. He wanted to be king, uh, yet what we're crying out for is a king who is humble. Jesus, who doesn't want the glory for himself. Uh, he's a true humble king, the true humble priest, unlike Gideon, who is wanting to be the king. So some overlap there with John then due to the slightly different uh, interpretation of, of how positive or, or negative we are in Gideon. We still got the Christ, but I'm going in a slightly more contrast mm -hmm. way because every judge is a is a imperfect way of pointing to christ 
This podcast is generously sponsored by the Pillar Network. The Pillar Network is a community of SBC and International Baptist churches that are doctrinally aligned, missionally driven, and committed to equipping, planting, and revitalizing churches together. If you're a pastor of an established church and you're desiring to lead your congregation to plant churches, but you're not sure how to get started, Pillar could be a great resource for you. Reach out to them today at thepillarnetwork.com. Thepillarnetwork.com. Yeah, so when I worked through the Gideon narrative, it was in more of a classroom setting. And so I actually spent a little bit more time uh, on this section of getting to Christ. And so I walked through several ways because, again, it it wasn't a sermon. um, And so I wanted to show multiple ways. And so I actually started with this whole idea of the Midianites, um, the fact that the Midian was actually a son of Abraham. Uh, from his wife, Keturah, and about how back in Genesis chapter 25, how Abraham uh, blessed his son Isaac and then gave gifts to his other children and then sent them east away from the son of blessing. Um, and then kind of tied in the fact that that later the Midianites were in cahoots with the Moabites in order to, to curse Israel through Balaam and, and kind of pulled that through all the way to Deuteronomy chapter 28, this whole idea of covenant blessings and covenant cursings, uh, depending on obedience or disobedience. And so how the Midianites were ultimately a cursing of God, which is, I I actually think the point of the prophet coming to chapter six is he is coming and he's saying exactly what the Israelites were told back in Deuteronomy chapter 28, that, um, that if you obey, then you would be blessed. But because of your disobedience, you're being cursed by God. And actually what you see is these locusts of, of these, these locusts of people who were coming in and scavenging over the whole land is actually what exactly was said, what happened in Deuteronomy 28 with the cursing. And so really use that as a way to speak about how ultimately Christ comes and absorbs the curse so that through him that we can be blessed. Um, I, I'm, I taught a little bit from first Corinthians one about how God chooses the foolish things, um, to confound the wise, to shame the wise. Um, I think that you see that clearly, uh, and this whole, you know, verse 15 and 16, where Gideon's thinking, God, why would you call me? I mean, I'm a, this little, little tribe, little clan. I mean, the least in this. Um, in chapter seven, uh, I brought about this idea of Gideon being somewhat of a mediator, mediating God's judgment, um, and the way that God does that through, um, his son who takes on flesh. And then the way that I ended it in chapter eight, which this would be a little bit more exciting with Jeff probably than John. So John's probably going to hate this. Um, but chapter eight, I mean, clearly seems, I think we've all agreed on this, that it ends with Gideon, uh, not doing very well. So regardless, regardless of how you begin chapter eight, regardless of how you, you know, you feel about that, we all agree that the story ends with him not doing well. And so how do you really deal with Hebrew chapter 11? where Gideon's faith is commended. Well, I think it's important that when you read Hebrews chapter 11, with all these men and women who are commended for their faith, remember there were no chapter verse divisions. It goes right to Hebrews 12, where we're told to fix our eyes on Jesus, um, the author and finisher of our faith. And what I did was to talk about how Gideon's imperfect faith should be somewhat of an encouragement for us because it's not the size of the faith 
it's the object of the faith and the way that Gideon was up and down, up and down, in my view, uh, in terms of his trust and his belief and his reliance on Yahweh. Um, it was the object of his faith. Um, and I drove that um, toward Christ. And that's the object of our faith that saves us and not the size or the amount or the strength of our faith. That's good. Yeah, uh, John, let's let's jump into application then. How do we make that clear for our folks? Um, we'll probably need to move that through that a little bit quickly, but yeah, make application. Yeah, I'll do it very quickly, but it, it, I had nine different points of application. So another reason why Jeff would make fun of my long sermons. Um, but um, so, so one, just this idea that you need repentance, not regret, that what they're crying out as it was a show of repentance, but it was really just God get us out of the consequences and we need real repentance. Uh, you need gospel-centered sermons. Um, just talked about that prophet who comes forward and how we need to be reminded of what God has done for us and how that brings about holiness. Um, third, and Jeff has touched on this a lot, you need God's kindness that leads to change. Um, and so God, again, despite the fact that Gideon had not listened to his word and that Israel had not listened to his word and his voice, he takes the initiative. He, he takes the initiative throughout um the text to be kind even though we don't deserve the kindness and that is meant to bring about life change we do see at least we can differ on the the degree but we do see some degree of life change um as a result of that um i talk about an encounter with the with the presence of god and how that can be transforming and this again this idea of the the sacrifice the fellowship meal that that they are now together and he says i will be with you where you go. And that, that is meant that, um, is a promise that we're given throughout the scriptures that are meant to strengthen our faith and to help us through fear to obey God, uh, even in uh, scary, scary times. Um, next was you need to know your main problem is worship. That the, the biggest issue that they had was not the Midianites. It was that they were worshiping Baal and not worshiping the Lord. And so they need to see. And so that, I just walked through how, you know, in our own lives, the biggest challenge we have is is that we're looking to something or someone other than God to give us what only God can give us. Um, you need an unlikely savior. And so that that's, we touched on that. And then um, I said, you need to you need your faith strengthened to see God is way bigger than your problems. Again, we, we have, I just keep some of these things together. Gideon is commended as a man of faith. In fact, all of these judges, the three that you would say are the worst in the book show up in Hebrews 11. And the ones that, that you like off meal that you would say are the best do not show up in Hebrews 11. And so Gideon and Jephthah and Samson and, you know, strong out of weakness became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Um, and so I'm trying to hold that together with um, the fact that God graciously is, seems to be strengthening Gideon's faith, even up to the point where he gives him this, you know, the, again, the dream sequence that this soldier has right before the war starts. And so you need to see God's God's bigger than the problems that you think you have, and that'll help strengthen your faith. And then I said you need to heed the warnings of judgment that Midian, who didn't, you know, Midian goes against the Lord, and um, even though they're they're being used by the Lord, they are ultimately held accountable for striking Israel, um, and God pours out judgment on them. And then I talk about these Israelite towns that didn't side with the Lord's man. And so they're they're held accountable for that. And then I end with again this with this anti 
thing is kind of trying to talk, touch on the Lordship of Salvation. You need a king as well as a savior. Israel doesn't just need a savior. They need a king, but they need a king like God who can lead them to faithfulness and doesn't falter in the end. Uh, and that's, you know, thankfully we have King Jesus. And so that, that's how I applied it. Jeff, what about you? Just a, a little, something slightly maybe different with God's all of that and, and God's glory displayed through weakness in, in chapter seven, that God can use weak people. And it's ultimately mm-hmm. all going down to God and, and then his glory. And we need to be humble and be praying. But in chapter six, I did have the emphasis on the need to listen to God's word and let God's word interpret our circumstances. Mm-hmm. So even he, he, the, the prophet came and that was needed because even Gideon thought that the Lord had forsaken them, but they had ran away from the Lord and committed idolatry. So God's word needs to correct us, and it does, and we need to trust in God's word and not be preoccupied with signs, so apply to chapter 6 in that way, uh, and then chapter 7 and our, our need for God and beware of arrogance and wanting to get glory for ourselves, and, and that can mm-hmm. happen in ministry, that can happen in, in other areas, uh, and I even mentioned, you know, leaders can disappoint as Gideon failed and ended badly. We need to be recognize that yeah it's only god and christ who is the perfect one uh so yeah don't be following don't other don't, go, don't go too deep into this but how are you going to apply this to pastors well i, I mean i i think clearly chapter seven is showing it's god he does the work it is god who does the work and that's the clear emphasis he's doing the saving he's doing the rescuing uh emphasized over and over again even by the the guys who had the dreams it was the lord gonna uh, do it so we just have to recognize that so how can that be applied to pastors dear me get down on your knees and pray and that's the challenge to me uh because it's god who ultimately does the work no matter what strategies we have you would not have devised that strategy <laughs> 300 against 15,000. Yeah, it's, it's the Lord. So we need the Lord to do the work. Whatever strategies we might think might be good, there's no way you'd come up with this. So, good. Peyton? I think, too, can I just yeah. piggyback on that real quick? I think, too, that you do see clearly in the Gideon story, both in a positive and a negative, how leaders are, are supposed to lead the people to be faithful to the Lord. And so you have, with him killing the idols and breaking down the altars, uh, trying to lead Israel away from idolatry back to the Lord. At the end, he he fails. And so you, when you have leaders, you you can't as a pastor be calling your people to do things that you're not doing yourself and that you're not being consistent in yourself. And I, I think you see both of those, a positive example and a negative example in Gideon's life. Mm, and one thing and doing another, you know, yeah, I don't want to be king and then completely doing the opposites, you know, so we can, uh, we can all be guilty of that. Uh, to be people, uh, not hypocrites. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Peyton? Yeah. The only, the only two things that I would add and, and they did a great job explaining great applications. Um, for one, I try to encourage obedience and the importance of obedience. I, I realize that uh, we don't need to jump into Deuteronomy 28 and speak about how, hey, if you obey, then God's going to hook you up with a home and a car and a family and a dog. Um, and if you don't, 
going to be really angry. I, I realized that we've got to mediate that through Christ, and I did. However, I think that this whole narrative begins with disobedience brought this about. And so the fact that obedience and holiness and the pursuit of godliness actually matters uh, for the church. And then second, the only thing I would add is also in the beginning of the episode, when God calls Gideon, uh, right before Gideon is saying, like, Lord, I'm the weakest. Um, there's no way that you can use me. Right before that, the Lord makes it very clear that he is going to raise up who he calls a mighty man of valor to defeat and win victory over the Midianite. So so for the, the rest of the narrative, Gideon has a word from God that the mission will prevail. Um, and I think that we've got to be careful that we don't, you know, make that true about many episodes in our life, especially speaking to pastors as Jeff is going to do that. You know, we're not saying, Hey, if God's given you a vision, like it's going to prevail. We're, <laughs> we're not saying that, but we are saying is that um, Jesus says that he's building the church and the gates of hell won't prevail against her. Uh, we are saying that God is in the process of bringing people from every nation and tribe and tongue around the throne of the slain lamb. And that mission will prevail. And we know that. And so that ought to help us get out of bed in the morning, even when, you know, a church committee uh, is on our back or, you know, we're discouraged because people aren't coming back to church because of COVID or even if, you know, whatever. We should know that the mission will prevail, the overall mission of God bringing about his glory amongst all nations. And that should encourage us to keep on day by day obeying and remaining faithful. Good. That's good. All right. Well, next time we'll pick up with Abimelech and see how much we can cover. Uh, but we've done a couple episodes, uh, even though some of us have done one sermon on, on Gideon, we had to do a couple episodes on Gideon. And uh, we'll pick up with Chapter 9 starting next week. Appreciate you guys. And thanks for listening to the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. listening to the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast. If you have questions or topics or texts you would like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at ChristCenteredAndClear at gmail.com and please visit us at ChristCenteredAndClear.com for more resources. Mm-hmm.